0: Thank you for having me, Joe. Hi, welcome
1: to the podcast. I am Joe Posnansky, and uh, I have a, an incredible guest today. Super special guest today. Uh, I'm here with uh, the legendary Gary Goleman, who <laughs> legendary yeah, legend, you're legendary, oh, Gary. Oh yes and uh, and and we're here uh, we're talking on Friday could not be more excited tomorrow Saturday uh, October 5th fifth right yes uh, 10 p.m we uh, are going to have the the debut the first showing of Gary Goleman, the great depression on HBO
0: right is this is yes. this am ten, I getting there yes right ten, 10 p.m on on HBO and then after that to the end times i think it'll be streaming it'll be streaming and and i'm looking at the the information here
1: it says it'll be available of course it's it's it'll be live well not live but but sort of live uh 10 p.m it will also be available at that point on hbo go and hbo now uh and then it will be on demand uh for everybody who which is how everybody watches stuff now right this is yes this This is the whole thing on Sunday, October 6th. So by the time you are listening to this, uh, it is possible that it is already on demand, uh, but it is uh, Gary in, in concert and also about his life. We'll get into all of this. Uh, It is incredible. Um, I'm giving you a rave review. Oh, wow. Thank you. I am. I'm giving you a rave. It is, it is so great. And, and I'm so excited to talk to you about it. Um, but first, I want to I want to talk. So Gary, Gary and I are friends, and and we actually just saw each other uh, a couple of weeks ago in in Atlanta, I guess. Where yes, you were performing. yes. Uh, And you're performing all new stuff now. This is really what I wanted to say is that while this will be um, new and exciting for everybody to catch, if you if you uh, you know even if you did catch it on the tour, uh, but this will be brand new material to everybody. But in the meantime, you've already you've already created an entirely new show that you're already doing now.
0: Yes. Yes. I had a period between when I finished writing the, the last special and when I recorded it and then the entire summer until, until now to, to work on new jokes and, and a, a new hour, hour and 15 minutes at the comedy cellar mostly and, and, also, I, I did a lot of bar shows and pop-ins at different places. The, the thing that I'm, I'm most excited about with my my increase in stature in the business is that I'm able to get on stage more and, and work on these these new jokes that, that honestly is the, really the, the thing I always dreamed of in, in doing comedy was being one of those guys who could, who could get on most anywhere he wanted to.
1: I couldn't believe when we were in Atlanta, we were talking, we had, there were a couple of other comedians with us uh, when we were talking. I, I could not believe this was, this was like a real, uh, a real insight to me, something I did not know, which is how hard it is to get on stage, for, yes. especially for young comedians and how devastating it is to not be able to get on stage. Like that, like that this, this is the sort of thing that can actually run comedians out of the business. is like, I couldn't get on stage. I couldn't. And I I just find that, I mean, it's, it's, I I think that's incredible. It's, it's so interesting to me.
0: Yeah. It's the one thing that I, that I have such an understanding and and such compassion for these, these young comedians who are, are so hungry to get on stage and, and so discouraged by how, how little quality stage time there is and and certainly how how difficult it is to get even even less than quality stage time that 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 you're 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 begging to get on stage and I remember it happened when I first got to New York in in 1997 and then when I moved to LA and in, in 2000 there was a year in Los Angeles where I did the Tonight Show twice and I got on the stage at the Laugh Factory on Sunset Boulevard zero it was two nothing it was two nothing tonight show over Laugh Factory Sunset Boulevard and I I mean it, it really embittered me I can remember driving by the Laugh Factory in in Hollywood and seeing the the names on the on the marquee and and just being so angry and and screaming F you Laugh Factory but I actually said this where and, and it just and I would I would put in my avails every Friday, whatever it was at the Laugh Factory, and every week I would hear, "No, no spots for you this week, Gary." But but guys like like ugh, Bob Saget, that anytime he wanted to pop in, he could go go on with his with his just unbearable jokes.
1: I just I cannot believe that the tonight show was an easier, like, that's crazy. Yes. Crazy. Much easier, much (laughs) easier to get on in the tonight show than it was to get on at the laugh factory. That dump. Oh, so amazing. All right. We are going to talk uh, about, about your special. And I've got, I've got a couple of very specific questions, but first I do want to set it up a little bit because, um, this, this is, this is the most, you know, most extraordinary, uh, comedy special that you'll see uh, not only because it's hilarious, but because it's incredibly raw and it comes from uh, a place of, of real darkness where you had to quit comedy uh, because of, of uh, depression. And, and this is, and, and the, and the, you know, I don't want to give anything away because I want everybody to, to really see it in its, in its true rawest form, but this actually begins the, the special begins with you at the depths of your depression and it's it's so haunting and obviously so difficult uh, but of course you come out of it and 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 there's such such joy and life and and light you know and and laughs and everything else um, but take us through the process of not not necessarily the process of, I know you've talked about this over and over again but not just not necessarily the process of of, of your depression and how you dealt with it, but the process of incorporating this into a, 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 like a whole, you know, 90 minute, you know, routine and bit and, and, and how, how hard was that? Was it, was it good for you? Take us through that, that sort of process in your mind.
0: Well, I'll, I'll give away the, the beginning because I, I want to talk about it because I, I I think it's, this is an interesting thought I I just had because I, I, I haven't heard I know how people react when they see the opening which is me on stage talking about how I feel and I'm I'm clearly I mean I'm not standing which I I am an adamant stander during yeah. during my shows I never sit on a stool but I just didn't have the energy that night but so here's here's what I'm thinking when you say it was it was the depths of my despair it it may have been very uncomfortable to watch and it was and and that that i i think is is true it was i watched it last night at a screening and it was it really made me sad yeah but it wasn't really the depths of my depression because i actually had the energy to get on stage this was That's a true. time there was a time prior to that where i didn't even have the energy to get on stage and i was so so sick that i that i couldn't have gone out i couldn't have left my my bed so as as disturbing as this scene is it doesn't capture the worst of my my depression by by any means and when i think about that now i'm i'm just it's really haunting so it starts off there but but so you're actually seeing in that in that scene and it and it doesn't last very long but it's clear where we're starting from you see in that in that scene that i had to acknowledge my my illness because it was so clear that something was was off and so that that illness made it a necessity that i address it and my 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 best way of uh, addressing things, in the way I'm most comfortable addressing things on on stage, is with is with jokes. Yeah. I, I I feel comfortable when I'm when I'm getting laughs. So so that that was actually as uncomfortable as it was. It it forced me to uh, address this, and and is the the genesis of of what became the Great Depression, which was this need to to tell the audience. I look terrible. I feel terrible, and I'm not. I'm not functioning at my my highest level. But here are some jokes about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I mean, I. I don't. Well, well. Let me let me ask you what your sort of as your mindset goes. You're you are you're writing very very funny jokes about a very very you know dark time. I mean, there's there is a scene in, in, in the, in the special where you are there with Sade, uh, your wife, and you're, you're talking about not even, she, she remembered all of it, of course, because she was there, and you remembered almost none of it because it was so, you know, you were in such a, such a terrible place. So, so as you're, as you're coming up with, with material for this, you know, things that you are going to stay on stage, like, at what points are you going, oh, I can't, I can't say that. Like, that's, too personal it's too close and it hits too hard i mean is this some is this a fight you're having or once you started writing you're like it's it i have to put it all out there
0: well it's it's interesting about the memory because mental health experts and including my doctor they they refer to to depression as as faux dementia where your your cognitive abilities fail you and you're you have a very difficult time making memories and and storing memory and so it's 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 a real issue as far as remembering a lot of things so there were certain things that i would actually i would sit with Day and tell me about this about when i was in the hospital do you remember any other stories is there something um in in the setup of the hospital, what was the name of the the doctor? What was the what was this person in for? What was the name of this and that? And and tell me about this time that you told me about. And and so she became a collaborator, but also the director Mike Bonfiglio, who did this great, which is in, in our overlapping wheelhouse, he did Doc and Daryl, the 30 for 30 about strawberry and, and, and Doc Gooden that I, I was just blown away by and also a very serious, dark subject. And I worked with him and he said, you don't have to talk about everything, but, well, there was one thing that my, Treatment with electroconvulsive therapy. I had never spoken to anybody outside of my family about that. And I I had told my manager and I told Michael at our at our first meeting. I said, I, I want to tell you about this. And I I said, I I don't know if I can make it funny. Do you think it will bum people out too much to to talk about this? Will it make people uncomfortable? And he said, I think you should definitely try to put it in there definitely try to make it funny and I think it would be interesting if we filmed you trying to work it out so let's mm. let's do that and that was one of the first things we filmed before HBO even came on board Judd Apatow gave us a a, a, a purse to to work with and, and shoot some documentary footage maybe as a proof of concept but also maybe to get the ball the ball rolling and and we we did that and that, that was something I was very excited about because it's something I hadn't really seen in a a special was a comedian working out material and and I thought if we could pull it off then it would be very effective and 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 again m- most interesting to to comedians and and I I think anybody who's like I was growing up uh, obsessed with comedy and and the inside story of of jokes and 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 humor I thought it was
1: incredibly effective and incredibly interesting and and there is there is that moment and i think it it's it's also and i don't know if this is what 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 Judd Apatow was thinking about when he when he first thought of it but but this is how it played to me it's at the heart of this whole story is you there's there's a moment right before you're about to go on stage where you look in the camera and with the like most earnest way you say i just don't know if this is funny i just don't yeah. know right i mean i right. just thought that was so powerful to me because because that's look you're walking you know this i mean you're yeah. walking a tightrope throughout this whole thing because this is a this is a very very hard subject and yet you're being very very funny about it and and that's hard to do and i think it's and and it's so easy to fall one way or another where you're like it's it's so funny that that you sort of lose the the reality behind it or it's so dark that like people are not laughing and so i just thought that was a powerful powerful moment
0: I was saved by a, a Samuel Beckett quote about about failing better, where you where you mm. are going to you are going to fail, so just go up there and fail, and next time fail better. And and it Sounds and it's not a coincidence. I'm sure it sounds like feel better and and it worked, man. Just the 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 yes, it's anxiety provoking, and, I, and I'd be lying and saying if that I wasn't nervous when I tried it out, but I also knew. That I was succeeding just by trying and that and that while it as bad as it could go, I would be a little bit better tomorrow. I had faith in myself that i could that I could apply myself and and write and work and and that I would also be helped by inspiration throughout my my career i've I've thought I was in a in a roadblock or or completely at a loss for how I was going to solve a, a joke and invariably inspiration came along and I, and I figured it out. And, and in some cases it took 20 years, but I would, I would figure this out and I, I was patient, but it, it took the wisdom of, of 25 years and a lot of work to, to, to get there. So I, I, I was, I was anxious, but I I had this feeling for the first time in my life that it would not be my undoing or ruin my next week. If it, if it failed, that I I could get back up on there and, and, and try again and, and fail again. And there, and there's just, there's, there's something collectively in, in, in our minds that we, we see so many people persist. And, and finally we realize, oh, it's not just them that can persist and overcome that. We, we, we all have that in us.
1: Yeah, yeah, and by the way, that's that is not a joke. About twenty years, sometimes, right? Right, I mean, right. Your right, yeah. most, most famous, maybe your most famous bit about the abbreviation of states took you forever, right? To, yes, to, to, yes, From beginning to end, that was years.
0: Yes, I, I first had the premise in my in my notebook in around nineteen ninety four, and I didn't really feel out feel ready to. Well, I didn't feel it was finished until about two thousand and sixteen. It's incredible. And I love that
1: we don't want to go too much into that, but I love the way you you explained that to me. It's like you needed – you almost needed like Netflix and documentaries to come along to complete that joke. Like that that's, which I just think is, is hilarious. It's like, everything,
0: everything about the business of of film and, (laughs) and documentary had to, had to change in order for that joke to work. And I just didn't know that when I wrote the premise down in
1: 1994. No, you
0: would not know that.
1: All right. And and I don't, I I mean, I, I really, you are a, a absolutely hilarious person, of course. And this is the first time I think you've really, you know you you, i mean this is obviously very very personal and 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 it is about the story of you going through uh some very very you know uh, some years some very very difficult years but it is very funny and i don't want people to lose that and there's a section in there very specifically that i related to so much and I, i i think we might have talked about this um but I, I don't remember, and, and I want to bring it up. So it's something very specific, and I think it's something very specific, particularly for football fans. And it is your entire bit about the horrors of 60 Minutes and the 60-minute lead-in, okay? <laughs> right? Yes. I, I don't think you could be a football fan in the 70s and 80s and not feel it, wow, especially in, like... in, in school, right? Yeah. Like, nothing... Was more horrifying to me. Not even, of course. You you talk about the 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 what do you call the uh, the theme the, the most uh... the most sinister theme
0: song <laughs> in television history, <laughs>
1: yeah. which which it is. I mean, it's just it's ticking at you. But yeah. I remember feeling when they would say sixty minutes will be shown, uh, um, you know, at the conclusion of this game or on its regular time, you know, on, or, or it's a regular time on the West Coast. When they would say that, I would feel my stomach drop. Like well, just it, 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 it put, put you
0: coming. Yeah, it put you in a position where you were rooting for overtime in, oh, a, yeah. in a Baltimore Colts Buffalo Bills game. I mean, just an unwatchable November game and you wanted it to last even even longer so you could avoid 60 minutes which was just grim and also was was the also it was letting you know that it was close to bedtime the weekend the weekend was over and the next the next time you open your eyes it would be monday oh yes yes i mean everything about that
1: feels so real to me uh to the point where the other thing i used to hate and of course this is this this preclude you know this is a little before 60 minutes but when they would start talking uh, this broadcast has been directed by. And they would show like those, <laughs> oh, yes. oh, my God, it's over. The game's over. School, Monday, bullying,
0: yes. everything. Oh, oh my, my gosh, God. yes, it's so true. Yeah, the credits, the credits on that. And we and people don't understand, well, you you still had Sunday night football. No, we didn't. No, we didn't.
1: <laughs> we didn't have anything uh, like they do today. You talk about the the many ESPNs, but – there there is something that people really truly don't understand uh about that time, because it's something very, very minor. And I've talked to people our age about it, and they immediately just go, if if you let's say that the four o'clock game was your team was playing, but not it wasn't on where you were watching it. Okay. Yes. And your team was playing and and sometimes like once every like half, maybe they would cut in with a live update. And back then they didn't show scores. Like like they they didn't do any of that. So the game would end and you would not know if your team won. And there was no way to find out if your team won. Like you could call like the local newspaper maybe or something. But I mean – there were no ESPN, you know that that like was showing that. I mean, you could wait for Sports Center if you, if, if, right? If well, you we
0: we, we were able to listen on the on the radio, but you, you just, I mean, football is, I think, such a it's a television event. I, I yes. really, yes, yeah, just, it isn't the, isn't the same? It's the, it would be the same as reading it off a, a telegraph. I, I, I really, sure. it just wasn't wasn't the same. And the, the, the people won't understand this, but the New England Patriots when I when I grew up they 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 didn't win they didn't win not <laughs> didn't, not they that did not. they didn't win super bowls they didn't win games if they if they an a, a, a division championship would have would have been so so welcome and and it was when we did do that but but the 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 Patriots often, they didn't sell enough tickets in their home games. So they would as punishment to the entire region, they would black out the game. So you couldn't watch it. And I, I just, I just thought at some point they should have said, listen, nobody else is coming on Sunday. It didn't work. Let's put it on TV. And they, and they just had to follow through so that you knew they meant business.
1: (laughs) I I had not thought of that, but it is that that moment Because it used to be like they would announce it like on Thursday, right? It was like if it didn't sell out by Thursday midnight or something, right? And so then that moment when you had to like – you were like watching the newspaper and the newspaper would tell you like, yeah, the Cleveland Browns are not on this week. Yeah. Sorry. And it's like – and it was really an admonishment. Like, well, you you brought this on yourself, people. You know, If you would have just bought more tickets, we would have put the game on. People just can't. It's – and and it's it's way better. I mean, I'm not saying you know I'm, I'm not saying that what we had was good. It was not. It was horrible. Um, right. right. But but we had to endure that. But I, the, there is something about the 60 minutes thing and about uh, that anxiety of Mondays that look everybody feels, uh, every kid feels. But it does sound like you know because as you're trying to sort of sort of chart, you know, the, the your your anxious steps into, into depression. Um, it, it was, it did start with childhood, right?
0: Yes, definitely. And, and as I, as I think about it now, I, nobody, I guess nobody loves school, but, but if you, if you dread school, if it makes you shake, Uh, if you get a pit in your stomach, thinking about it, it is a, it is a large portion of your life to endure. And it, it can't, it can't be good for your well-being the the cortisol that's being produced the the thoughts and the ruminations it's it's just so that that if that's happening at, at six or seven, and and also people are constantly reminding you explicitly and implicitly that this is the easiest time of your life, and you're and you're thinking it's going to, it could get worse than this. I I I don't understand how it could be worse than than dreading eight hours, nine hours of, of my day, this, this, this can't be, and, and I just, the the way I looked forward to, we would get out at, at 2.30 p.m., the way I looked forward to that, and, and I, I would just, I, I had this, this mantra growing up that I, I, I can't be alone, but it was, uh, I gotta play basketball. I gotta play basketball. As soon as I'm done, we're gonna go. I'm gonna go play basketball, and that would get get me through the day. And I I think it's so in, ingrained in me that that every once in a while I find myself slipping, and when I'm in a stressful situation, and I'll I'll say to myself, "Play basketball. Play basketball." And in a in a in a weird sort of sort of repetitive uh Dustin Hoffman in in Rain Man type type thing where where I'm just telling myself you can play basketball go play basketball and it it was it was it was my it was my saving grace growing up was my my dedication to this sport that thank god was a sport you could practice by yourself because I I, w- I was pretty lonely growing up
1: yeah well i mean you have said this on stage and i i believe it's in this special as well You've you're a great free throw shooter, right? <laughs> yes. That is yeah. that is legitimately true. That is not and they show you we get a little a little bit of you shooting free throws, which is sweet. That's a sweet little addition to the uh to the special. Um but it's clear, I mean, you have a whole routine and you are you're you can tell if somebody shoots free throws and they make them, but they're rattling around <laughs> you know, the rim. That's not. I mean, they're, they're they might be perfectly fine. I, like that would be me. Like I'm a I'm a perfectly fine free throw shooter. But yeah, people who just hit bottom of the net consistently. Yeah, if it's,
0: yeah. if it's, it hits any part of the rim, I, I in high school I used to say to the ref, "Too loud, too loud." <laughs> I, I I was I was so confident in my free throw shooting, and and yeah, I I think it, free throw shooting is is. Is a really good test of of how how much this person was dedicated to the to the game because it was it was always something you could do no matter how tired you were. I had a great a great coach at a basketball camp when I was a kid. This man's name is is Mike Jarvis, and he coached Patrick Ewing in high school. And I went to his camp. He later led the Saint John's um, Storm. Red Storm, which weren't called that when I was growing up, but the red right. storm to the final four, I believe. Yeah. So this guy is just a legendary coach and and he always urged us when you're tired at the end of your workouts and practice, shoot free throws, because that's the 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 time to practice them because you're gonna be tired in a game when you're shooting free throws. So that was that was great advice.
1: Yeah, no, but but it also your dedication to becoming a great free throw shooter what is it you say that i mean you talk about if somebody can tell you if somebody tells you their free throw percentage
0: yes i can tell you what time your single mother got home from work
1: <laughs> that's that and and it's it's very funny and it's very real right i mean this is this is how you spent your childhood
0: yes yes i was i was very lucky to have a, a, a court within bike ride distance from my from my house that was frequently full of kids not always a lot of times it was just me also my my brother max put in a a hoop in front of our house on on a pole that he dug and did the cement I mean he was so handy and he put up a hoop in front of our house and I I remember my mom screaming at me to come in the house because there was there was lightning and and I I was in the middle of leading the Celtics to an NBA championship in the in the front yard and 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 on the street actually and and my mother was concerned I would be hit by lightning but there was there was still time left on the clock. <laughs>
1: you have to you have to finish it out. What is the Larry Bird story about? somebody on his team who missed the game-winning free throws and him, like, just losing his mind, you know? Well,
0: yeah. In high school, they used to go into school early to practice – basketball and, and and maybe free throw shooting. I, I don't know, but that was part of it. And there was one kid who never showed up for it. It might have been voluntary. He never showed up for it. And in a, in a crucial game during the playoffs in high school, I think, this kid went to the line neither either missed one or two. And, and Larry said he never spoke to the kid again because he, he didn't, he didn't take it seriously, and and there's some people who would say, "Well, yeah, he was just a kid." And and Larry Bird, even in in high school, had had this this laser focus that that made him Larry Bird. And right. and and I I think the 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 best compliment you can give somebody is is to say that you're the you're the Larry Bird of of something. And anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're the Larry Bird of comedy. I think that's fair. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, uh, maybe my work ethic. I, I don't know about my my finesse and, and the actual success. I would I would say Brian Regan might be the Larry Bird of comedy.
1: That's a, that would be fair too. But I'm, yeah. I'm but he's not on the show. So um, <laughs> thank so, you. <laughs> so um, when you when you started comedy when you when you first started, I mean, clearly as you have looked back on your life, you have seen. Uh, you know, the depression. You know, it, it. obviously it came on in a worse way during that stretch of time that 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 is. You know, that leads up to the Great Depression. But you you definitely had episodes throughout your life, and 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 you you definitely can look back now. I'm sure and see all kinds of all kinds of signs and 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 trends and things like that. Um, looking back on your early, you know, when you're when you're trying to make it as a comedian, how how much did that now, looking back on it, how much did that impact you
0: well i i I often say that if i if I hadn't suffered from depression i I don't think there would have been any any stopping me i i I think i i I would have reached my potential much sooner because there were there were i just lost all told years of my of my life to this to this illness where I wasn't yeah. I wasn't capable of of not just working at the level you have to 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 stand out in a, in a competitive field but but just to to work at at all so I I I really am, am I I mean it, it it all went into making me who I am and and who knows if I would have the same compassion and and humility that that type of life provides and and so maybe it 's a, a a mixed it 's a mixed blessing I would say it 's a, a mixed blessing I think is probably the most accurate and and also Jewish way to look at it <laughs> you 're not allowed to complain about anything as a as a Jew because everything could be so much worse and 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 has been again and again but i mean i've i 've had more episodes than than the Simpsons as far as t- depression goes <laughs> I, I I just I, I'm susceptible and I, I have to remain vigilant and and while I, I feel like this recovery is the sturdiest I've ever had in my life because of everything that went into it and 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 how far I, I fell I, I still make sure that I'm that I'm doing the things that I, I, I need to do to to, to stay on the on the tightrope i mean that that was a word that we we use a lot and and you and i have discussed is is this this tightrope yes. that that we we walk in the in the arts and and in expressing ourselves so yeah that that that's something that that's become very very important to to me as far as how i'm how i'm planning my day how i'm i'm living my day well how
1: much you know as we as we as we bring it back how how much did Going through not just the 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 writing, not just the performing, because you performed uh, the 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 material that leads to the Great Depression for um, almost a year, right? I mean, yeah. I, I was trying to think. Yeah. The first time I saw you do, you know, even the early parts of it, uh, so almost a year of of performing it. Then, of course, going through the actual uh, special and, right. and actually doing the special, and then of course the promotion and everything else. How much has this year has it has it is it been uh, uh, like for your depression, has it been a, a life, you know, moment? Has it has it taken you to a to a different level in that way? Has it been helpful, uh, or or is this just sort of, you know, it's so much bigger than than this that it's just a part of of the life that you now
0: lead? You know what I mean? Right. Well, I I think it's a it's a great question, and it's a lot of those things that you mentioned. But I I, I just think for for our conversation, it's it's very interesting when we last well before Atlanta when we last got together right was in was in Charlotte yeah and we went we went to lunch with with Tommy and then and then you and your your wife and Tommy and his wife came to my show so I had been preparing something to show to HBO from from about June until December. We saw you and I saw each other in in December, at, in December, in, I believe that's yeah, right. In, in Charlotte. And that week I had gotten an offer. Well, that week I had performed the the one of the earliest versions of Well, no, not one of the earliest versions. I performed a 90 minute version of this thing that became 60 minutes in in front of executives from HBO, along with an audience of my fans. But we had invited the executives from from HBO comedy to to see it. And so it was 90 minutes and it and it went it went fine. It wasn't the best set of my life. It wasn't the worst set of my life. I, I made all my points and I delivered it with gusto. The the audience was was strong but it wasn't like i got a, a, a um, ninety applause breaks and a and a standing ovation midway through the show it was it was an excellent show I had a nice time and 24 48 hours later HBO said yes we want to make this as a as a special so i was elated and excited and and just was was blown away with with gratitude as as well as optimism because i i i knew if this were to get on the right platform and i believed from the moment i conceived of it that that HBO was the was the exact platform and maybe the only platform where this could live properly. So that happened. And then I had a weekend of shows in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I saw you. So and and at that point it was just okay whittle this 90 minutes down to an hour for a for a special and you know this is so strong because HBO loved it and so i had such confidence that that weekend when i performed in front of in front of you and your family and and tommy and i i think that carried over and and for the first time in my in my career and it's not it's not insane confidence where nothing can get to me i still have some some days where i'm where i'm second guessing my my act and and thinking i need to to write more so it's not harmful confidence but it's just i know this is strong i'm not i'm not the only one who thinks it's strong so i'm not i'm not deluded. And, and I, I think that that was this, this type of validation. Also the fact that Judd Apatow was, was on board. He's, he's sort of Brian Koppelman calls him the principal of, of comedy high school. And, and so I have that. And just everything that, that, that would, would boost somebody's morale and, and give them confidence and self-esteem was, was in place. And I have, Really enjoyed this year in a, in a way that I I haven't enjoyed other successes because I w- I was always thinking what will be the next thing and will I be able to to keep this up and and after 25 years I've I've acquired enough enough wisdom and and also proved myself to myself enough times where I can where I can sit down and and think I'm I'm I'll figure it out and I'm probably going to be okay because the 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 past is often a, a great predictor of the of the future. I've I've figured it out every time, even under the worst circumstances, and and so I I feel I feel strong in a in a in a way. And and of course, uh, if this was getting horrific reviews, while I would avoid them, they would probably seep in, and I would be upset. But I would I would just I would double double my therapy appointments and (laughs) and open up and and also i would consult with my psychiatrist to see if there was any anything he could do and i would i would continue to do the things i i've done and and i would i would hopefully be able to to weather the storm and and I, i might not get right back on on the on on the horse but but eventually i i i always have and and so for that reason i think maybe i i i always or or usually will
1: yeah well i mean that first of all i think that's great uh but secondly and you know much more important uh it's not getting horrific reviews. This is getting absolutely fantastic reviews because it's great. Oh, and, thank you. Thank you. No, know, it is. I mean, you know, I, I, we're friends and I would tell you if it wasn't. And, uh, <laughs> I hope you wouldn't. <laughs> actually, I wouldn't. I'm your friend, but it is great. And people are going to absolutely, um, they're going to, they're going to love it, but, they, but they're going to be incredibly moved. It's, 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 like I say, it's there's. I've never seen anything quite like it. Uh, you know, people have done comedy specials where they mix in a little bit of their life, but but you opened up in a way that is that is very very different. And people would call it, and, and I would be curious to hear what you think of that. People would call it brave what what you've done because because you know we can say your 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 mother is on this this uh, special, your wife is on the special, your therapist is on your special. I mean, this is. You are you are laying bare a little bit do you did it feel brave did it feel like it took courage to do this kind of special or is this sort of exactly how you you had you you felt like it should be
0: well I, 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 I don't want to give an answer that I've given before to, to most things but I'll, I'll tell you what I've said to everyone who's called me brave during this and 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 a lot of people have and I I really appreciate it but I sure. I, I have to tell you the real the real bravery was enduring the the illness and i and i yeah. tell people the people who are suffering right now and and getting out of bed and going to their appointments or not going to their appointments not getting out of bed but living and and fighting this that's that's the real bravery and and this is the the reward i i think for the for the bravery and i'm incredibly fortunate that i that i'm being rewarded so dramatically for 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 toughing it out but also sometimes not not toughing it out sometimes yeah. just just crying and, and staying in in bed all day and canceling everything and 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 worrying and fretting and and i just and, and the other brave people are, are my my mom and my my wife Sade, who accompanied me to Every psychiatry appointment, who who did research online about new treatments and experimental treatments, and 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 applied for these these testing type situations where where colleges or 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 programs are are trying to test new treatments, and 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 I I find out whether I'm qualified to be a part of them. So so uh, she was the the she was as, as brave as, as I was. And, and to, to bring her to the, to the, to the screening, the premiere last night in, in New York with, with my friends and family and, and executives and, and talented people. It was, it was just such a, and to see her in a, in a beautiful dress and smiling and, and being, and, and we were, we were celebrating and, and she said that it feels like HBO has has given us a, a make a wish and, and they've been, they've been so generous and, and, and it's, it's, been surreal it's great it is so
1: great okay so we we're gonna have you back on after the special this is all about the special this is so, the, the, the special called the great depression uh we've, we've given you the times it is saturday october 5th at 10 p.m live on hbo that's the first time it's the premiere on hbo is 10 o'clock saturday october 5th uh starting sunday it will be uh, available for uh for on demand and streaming. Um, But I will say one other thing uh, because we're going to have you back on to do our usual podcast where we're going to draft things and do all that stuff. (laughs) But here's what I want to say, because you're, you're about to, you know, after this goes on, you're about to go back on tour. You're going to do all kinds of stuff. And, and I believe I can say this uh, with, with, with accuracy. I I saw the beginnings of this, of this new, uh, this new act. I'm sure you've changed it, but for podcast listeners specifically, there will be at least one obscure baseball reference, right? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you will you will always have one obscure baseball reference in in your show just for us. Just for just for 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 us baseball nerds.
0: Yes, but it's so interesting what has become obscure. <laughs> like <laughs> Rogers Hornsby should not be obscure. And be. yet if you drop a Rogers Hornsby reference or or a God forbid, pie trainer. Nobody, nobody knew, knows who you're talking about. And I'm saying, I'm saying pie trainer. I'm not bringing up Greg Nettles. I'm, I'm, I'm not bringing up Ron, the Penguin. say pie trainer. You, you should know. He's in the hall of fame for crying <laughs> out loud.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and I will share that one last bit. The first time I saw you on stage, uh, we, we had met uh, beforehand uh, so this is a couple years ago now and uh, first time I saw you on stage uh, in the middle of the bit uh, rod Carew comes up very organically from the crowd and you immediately said right? 388 <laughs> yes 388
0: in <laughs> 1977 it it was it just seems like a a, a a typo when I first <laughs> saw that because I I knew I knew batting averages. Maybe 344, 350, maybe, but 388. Dad, that, that there's something wrong there. And it just was a, a but that was such
1: a rod peru season. It was a rod. It was his best, but it was a such a rod Carew season. So yeah. uh Gary, I could not be happier for you. This special is amazing. Uh everybody's is, is gonna is gonna love it and, and gonna really, really be touched by it as well thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Well, thank you so much for being my, my friend and being, being patient with me today. I really appreciate it, Joe.
1: Absolutely.